Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. I was in the darkest spot I've ever been in. But society had a leg on top of my head. People say to me, no, I don't miss it at all. I'm like, okay, you're either very lucky or are you really being honest yourself? It's just a government again, similar to kind of the, the housing crisis. Like the roads are a disgrace. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Mind with PJ Coogan. Coach 96FM. Wow. There are very many, there are no mornings, no mornings really, that I that I don't sit here at six or seven minutes past nine and have something to say to kick off the morning. I, I genuinely am left without words of my own at least to describe what I watched unfold last evening, starting out on social media and just sat up watching footage and video and coverage until... Until all hours. Um, I remember sitting at home yesterday afternoon working on stuff for today for the programme and then the news broke of the, the stabbing incident uh, in the or outside the little school in Dublin and, and that was bad enough. My God, that was bad. That was so serious. But to think that what happened last evening uh, could have been the follow-on. I, I just, I could never have anticipated that at half three, four o'clock yesterday afternoon when I was listening to that story unfold. Here's an eyewitness report from that incident yesterday afternoon. So what I saw was was when I walked down the road maybe there was about three or four people around a little girl who was on her back. So I'm trained first aid so I ran over and said does anyone need first aid? And then a lady said, no, there's a nurse here. And people were very, very confused. There was a lot of blood on this little girl. People very quickly saw a lot of blood, I think, and then it was just complete and utter pandemonium. People wailing, screaming. There was no authorities there at this stage. So I might have come onto the scene maybe when there was maybe a 30 seconds, a minute, two, five minutes. I saw what I believe to be stab wounds on, on, the, on the little girl's body. I only saw one child. Um, and I said, what happened? Then someone said that there's a man after randomly stabbing the child outside of this, a school. But we still weren't certain... But there was a man on his side with blood coming out of his mouth, maybe about five, ten metres down closer towards O'Connell Street. It was absolutely horrific. And then there was a female nurse administering chest compressions to the little child and... Um, and then the authorities came and and then the emergency response unit came and there was a lot of a, a huge emergency response uh, and I've never seen anything so horrific, you know. 
That was in the afternoon that that was recorded. That comes to us from our colleagues at the FM 104 newsroom. More from there in just a sec. By 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock last night, the guy, the commissioner, Drew Harris, was making his own statements. We have a complete lunatic hooligan faction uh, driven by far-right ideology engaged in in serious violence. We ask people to act responsibly, not to listen to the misinformation and rumour that is circulating on social media. Individuals using this uh, tragic, tragic event, which is under investigation by the proper authorities, that is in Garda Shikana, they're using it for their own ends, and then there is, frankly, a hooligan faction who are only only interested in causing damage and mayhem in the city centre and they are using the opportunity for that as well. Do you know who the people are who could be behind this commissioner? Do you know who the agitators are, the main people? And if so, have you a plan to target them and bring them before the courts? We're literally just hours into this. There is a full investigation ongoing in respect of the first incident but now these subsequent matters we have to investigate those fully as well. Thank you. Let us go to our colleague, uh, news desk at uh, FM 104. Jonathan Bourne joins me. Jonathan, how are things in Dublin this morning? Good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. Look, I wish we were speaking in different circumstances. There's an extremely sombre tone around Dublin this morning, even just taking a walk to the shop this morning. Um, there was a lot of people kind of hanging their heads. Uh, obviously, people regret what happened last night. Obviously, it's out of a lot of people's hands. But even this morning, I attempted to go into the city centre just to get kind of a grasp of what the atmosphere was like. And uh, I immediately returned to my car as I, I felt unsafe. Um, there was still a lot of people loitering about around half four or five o'clock this morning. But I am told things have vastly improved. There were 34 arrests there last night. There were 34 night. arrests last night. Tens of thousands of euros yeah. worth of damage done. About what time did it kick off, really? After, I mean, all of this very serious stabbing incident, but about what time did this senseless violence kick off? Well... Well, PJ, we, we, we would have uh, had our own reporters at the scene of the crime itself um, on Parnell Square East. That would have been from about, I would say, maybe half to three onwards. The incident itself, the stabbing incident, took place between one o'clock and two o'clock. Uh, but it was shortly after four o'clock we actually made the decision to pull our reporters from the scene. Um, they ha- had said that there was a number of masked individuals who were armed with blunt weapons made their way to directly to the scene of the crime and for them the atmosphere became you know quite threatening and for members of the public and as you'll see later on for members of the emergency services as well so literally while the incident was being brought under control this was starting yeah yeah no oh. it's it it transpired in the in the kind of aftermath of of the, of that incident and you know that's when things really transpired it seemed to start with tens of individuals it's it very quickly uh, erupted into hundreds of individuals most of them in black clothing or with some form of mask um, obviously making their way through the city centre with the kind of main aim to disrupt which was obviously echoed by the Garda Commissioner Drew Harris today but you know that quickly escalated into what I describe as a an attacking and violent nature because I think one of the first big incidents that came to our attention was um, the targeting of a Lewis carriage uh, now it was targeted near the O'Connell Street 
street area and obviously everyone will be well aware of how uh, busy uh, you know one of the main arteries in the city O'Connell Street is mm-hmm. and it, I think it was clear from uh, that particular instance that the unrest wasn't going to, to go away anytime soon. No and uh, there's evidence online of it having been organised in a way that it was spread out into small groups with the view, well, they can't take us all on at once. Was the, And I have, I have audio evidence of that here uh, that I picked up this morning. Go back to the initial incident. We have, I think it is, Jonathan, one little five-year-old child. Is she literally fighting for her life in Temple Street? Yeah, so that, there, we were hoping for a bit more of an update from the Garda Commissioner. He appears to have spoken to the media and most of the 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 briefing that he gave to members of the media related to the response of Angarda Shiakana to the unrest in the city centre. There didn't seem to be much information or much of an update on any of those that are being treated in a hospital. As I said, the incident itself happened between 1pm and 2pm on Parnell Square East. The, the male uh, in question, uh, armed with a knife, attacked a number of individuals outside uh, a girls' school in the area. From what we're hearing, um, it's, it's alleged that the attack was carried out on school children and their teacher. Um, that teacher, a woman in her 30s, is believed to be the teacher in question, was seriously injured. Uh, three kids suffered injuries from uh, the attack. One girl who, as you mentioned, aged five, is in a serious condition in Temple Street. The other kids uh, were a boy aged five and a girl aged six who suffered non-life-threatening injuries. And you obviously heard from an eyewitness in the area there, but uh, there are a number of eyewitnesses going around on social media. Um, it's kind of been gathered together and we believe that a, a certain group of people intervened um, uh, intervened on the man who was alleged to have carried out the attack. Um, so that public intervention essentially prevented this man from any further harm. And, it, you know, it's believed he too has suffered serious injuries and was treated at the scene and brought to hospital. So a really, a really desperate incident and uh, heartbreaking, obviously, for the families of, of those involved. Indeed, and our thoughts must be with them first and foremost. Thank you, Jonathan. Jonathan Bourne. Uh, from Dublin FM 104. A man called Tiao Benizio was a delivery driver. He was on his motorbike. Uh, he was the guy who intervened uh, to first tackle the man with the knife who was attacking the, the children on Parallel Square. He, he, What we're told is he took his helmet off and he clocked the guy with his helmet to try to, try to, to, to overpower him. Uh, Chao Benicio, Brazilian man, to try and to disarm him with the knife. He took off his crash helmet and he clocked your man across the head. Um, good for him. Good for that man. And the people who came out and protected the uh, attacker from being, one imagined, home drawn and quartered there and then, were relatives of the Stardust Inquiry, which is taken place in that general area, the Stardust Inquiry, it was a Stardust family members who stood around the guy on the ground. One of them said to the news reporters afterwards, we said, we're not animals, we don't do that this way here. There was a crash worker also bringing the kids maybe to after school and they were in her care. Just an appalling thing. Now, Adam Higgins of the Irish Sun is in Dublin City Centre this morning. Adam, what is it like? You're, you're, you're there since, since 7 o'clock. Good morning. 
Good morning, PJ. How are you? I'm actually just outside Dublin Castle where the Taoiseach is due to give a statement to the media about the chaos that happened last night. I spent the morning speaking to business owners and locals in and around uh, O'Connell Street and Parnell Street where there is an enormous clean-up operation going. I've been living in the city my whole life and I've never seen the devastation that's in there at the moment. I'm talking about double-decker buses being peeled off the ground, guarded cars burnt out, a Lewis completely trashed, several shops, um, two foot lockers, McDonald's, Arnott's, Asics completely emptied out, all the windows broken, being boarded up now. These, the main thoroughfare of our capital is scarred today. Yeah. Yeah, you describe it so vividly there and watching it on social media last night and indeed on the actual news itself, it was impossible to believe. You'd think this was from some other far-flung corner of the world. You would, yes. And I think there is a real shock in the city centre today. Uh, hundreds of council workers out doing that clean-up. At one point, there was they were cleaning up uh, broken glass, shoveling it like it was snow outside the Holiday Inn Hotel on off O'Connell Street that was attacked last night and a fire set outside of it as well. Uh, yeah. It is true devastation. You're, you're, you're mentioning one place of a number of places that have actually stayed when I've been in Dublin there and outside the famous Fibber McGee's pub, which has a, a, a hotel upstairs. There was a guy the car actually torched. That piece of video went viral. There was, and I spoke to um, one restaurant owner today who said that the restaurant came under attack in the early stages of the the riots last night. He moved all his customers upstairs, all his staff upstairs, and they had to wait it out up there for a number of hours before they were able to get out. Have you been able to pick up anything this morning, Adam, on the condition of the little girl in Temple Street? No, I think that's the same um, information that's coming out as it did last night, that she's in a very serious condition in Temple Street Hospital. She is undergoing uh, emergency treatment, and our, our, our prayers are all with that girl today and her family. Absolutely. But three, I think three of the five people have been released from hospital. We've two, that little child, five years of age. God, can you imagine, Adam, what it must be like for, for a family to be dealing with that? She is literally fighting for her life in Temple Street Hospital and we've one of the persons still in a, in a serious condition. So the teacher is giving a briefing. I must let you go to that. Uh, but what kind of questions is he going to face, Adam, do you think? I think the teacher will face questions about how this could all unfold so quickly. There may be questions about the policing around uh, protests from this, these far-right type groups that uh, Gardy believe were involved in the, the riots last night. And I think ultimately the, the main question for the Taoiseach today is, is the city centre safe? All right. Adam, thank you. Adam Higgins, political correspondent of the Irish Sun, who is headed for that briefing by the Taoiseach in Dublin Castle, which is to begin in the next few minutes. So we let him get to that. They talk about the organisation of this thing last evening. We, we were starting to get snatches of video sent to us uh, during the night, which we've had to heavily edit because the language is fruitier than a Christmas pudding. But this is the kind of stuff that was happening on social media uh, yesterday afternoon. I'd even suggest not on regular social media, but on the ones we don't generally talk about, those kind of social media. This is just one of the messages that was going around. We'll just make a load of little small groups. Have one, say, at O'Connell Street, have one up at Grafton Street, have one at Smithfield. They can't control us all. They can't control us all. 
and let's have little groups splintering off doing what we gotta do. Seven o'clock, be in town. Everyone, body up, towel up. Just kill them. Just fucking kill them. Let's get this on the news. Let's show the comedian that we're not a pushover. That no more foreigners are allowed into this poxy country. Enough is enough. This is it. This is the straw that broke the camel's back. That was the organising of what happened last evening. Yes, Cork people were caught up with it, uh, or caught up in it, and I will talk to them in the next few minutes. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. I want to throw this open to listeners this morning. Did you see the videos online and overnight. What were you thinking when you saw this develop on your social media, when you watched your news bulletins last evening and when you saw this happening in a capital city? The capital city with which we're all familiar. We've all been up and down to Dublin many, many, many times. We've all been on O'Connell Street many times. I, I know that part of Dublin very well because in my early days being involved with the activism and stuff to do with adoption and when I was up and down to the Doyle quite frequently for the newsroom, I stayed over there. Uh, there's a very famous pub there called Fibber McGee's in that part of the town and there's a little hotel upstairs which was a grand cheap hotel and they gave me a good rate there because it was there regularly enough and I liked it and I, I had friends that live not far from there so, so I know that part of Dublin very well. D- did you what did you think? What went through your mind last evening as you saw this develop and saw it on your on your socials? Now, living very near to where it all kicked off is Alison McCarthy, who's from Montanati. But Alison, you've been living up there for quite a number of years now, and you're in North St George's Street, so you you'd walk past the school where this happened quite frequently, would you? Good morning. Hi, good morning, PJ. Um, yeah, so I live on North Great Georgia Street, which is the next street over from where the incident happened yesterday afternoon. And yeah, I would walk that street four or five times a day. It's um, the block that I would normally do with my dog. So I would do it regularly. And I had actually been on that street only like five or 10 minutes before. Well, obviously, we don't know the exact minute, but around that time um, mm-hmm. yesterday afternoon. Mm-hmm. What did you what was the first you heard of it? I walked up that street to get to an appointment and my appointment was at half one. So it was around that time. And after my appointment, I looked at my phone and I saw the news article from RTE and I couldn't believe it that that was the street that I live so close to. And then I started getting loads of texts and phone calls from people who knew where I lived and were like, are you okay? I saw what happened. Can't believe it. Um, And I was just in shock. And I went home um, and quickly changed because I had a meeting at three. So I actually ended up walking past that street again and then I saw it all blocked off and um, there was loads of police everywhere and um, I was walking down O'Connell Street so I was kind of walking down Parnell Street and taking a left and I just kind of turned my head to the right to look and I actually knew at that point that there was, um, the atmosphere was really tense. There was like crowds gathered and loads of really young boys and late late teens, early 20s um, on bikes and scooters and they were shouting and roaring and there was a lot of like racial slurs being thrown around and at that point like I, I'm to be honest I'm not even sure now if we if we know who 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 did it but at that point they had pretty much jumped to their conclusions over who they thought was responsible mm. and I went down O'Connell Street to um 
a meeting with a business owner and she's actually Brazilian and I said to her oh my god did you see what's happened on O'Connell Street and she was like no and I said to her you need to be careful because like the atmosphere is really tense and just like watch out for yourself like when you're walking home or whatever and um she texted me actually um later on and she left at seven and it had just kind of kicked off at that point and she was hiding in the bathrooms in McDonald's on O'Connell oh Street because she was so scared yeah it was really bad and I don't know at that point I kind of thought that it was gonna cool off and like I don't know I kind of thought the crime scene would be cleared up in a couple of hours and I didn't really like I walked I didn't walk back up O'Connell Street to go home I went up um Marlborough Street which is the next street over so I didn't really see it and then later on that evening I went over to Dublin too for dinner and it was only and again I I didn't know the riots were happening at that point and it was I was walking home and I walked into it and that's when I kind of saw it all happening and I couldn't believe it. And I was on the phone at the time to my mom and I was like, oh my God, mom, there's thousands of people on O'Connell Street. And I was like, there's cars on fire. And she was like, what? And I sent her a video and then that's when the news started kicking in. So she was like, I just got a notification from RTE. So that's when it was like all starting, but I like walked into it. Mm. It was like, I've never seen anything like it before in my life. You said that you saw beatings actually happening in front of you, did you? Yeah, like the aggression from the people on the streets was wild. Like they were like animals. They were literally like beating each other up. They were throwing fences at the guards. They were like smashing up everything. There was a guy on the ground. Like I'll be surprised if he's not in hospital like or dead. He was like really been aggressively beaten and to be honest he wasn't a policeman like I don't know why they were attacking him he was a man of colour um, but it was just they were out for blood like they were out to cause war like they were and everyone keeps asking me this morning was I afraid walking through um, and to be honest no I wasn't because I'm Irish, I'm a woman, I'm Caucasian. Like that was very clear from the outset that I wasn't their target audience. Like the way they were carrying on, like they could care less that I was walking through. They weren't looking at me, you know what I mean? Like they yeah. were out for for other people. And in fact, one of them actually bumped in. I was walking down O'Connell Street in high heels because I had been out for dinner and there was no other way to get home. There was no Lewis, there was no taxis, there was no buses. And my mom was like, Alison, just go home. And I was like, how else am I supposed to get home other than walking through? Like there was no other way. And a guy like bumped into me and he actually said, oh, I'm sorry, love. And like, just like that was the most that was ever going to happen to me. Like they could care less that I was there. Yeah. You you say a lot of very young people masked up. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and it, everyone keeps saying this morning, like, lots of men, lots of men. I would say, like, 70% of the people I saw were teenagers. Like, they were late teens, early 20s. I have videos on my phone um, that I took as I was walking home, and they're, like, I'd say they're not even leaving search. Like, they're really young, and they were on bikes and scooters, balaclavas, masks, mm. Uh, beanie hats like they were and they were just running wild they were like just smashing anything they could find setting fire to anything they could find it was insane did you see the 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 looting start um i went up o'connell street so i didn't see henry street or mary street which is i feel like that's where it happened most but i did see 
um, a lot of smashed windows, um, like a lot of the buildings on O'Connell Street, um, the cafes, restaurants, hotels, they're all smashed up. There's actually a hostel on Parnell Street um, which houses refugees and I heard a man, so I walked down Parnell Street and then make a left up north uh, Great George Street and I heard a man shouting that... um, at the other group that that hostel um, housed immigrants and to to get them. And this morning I walked out with my dog and that entire building is glass all over like the ground. It's smashed up completely. It it sounds to me like what you observed was a mob seeking out foreigners to attack them. Absolutely. And And this morning I took my dog out and like fair play to Dublin City Council and the guards because they have done a massive clear up overnight. Like you'd be walking around and the only evidence that's still there is the Lewis that's smashed up on on, um, O'Connell Street. But I took my dog out and the coffee shop that I go to every single day is... Um, open and I was talking to them and there's um, loads of uh, Brazilian girls that work there that are really nice. I go is there every the morning. Is that the one on the corner of Parnell Street there, just by the hotel? The, is it, it's all yeah, your glass frontage. One, yeah, 147 Delhi is it's what it's called. It's a gorgeous really, little place. I've been there. Yeah, it's so well known and it's really um, popular and yeah. I go there every morning and it's the same girl that makes me coffee every day and she says hello to my dog and she's so nice and she's in bits this morning. She's bawling crying and she showed me a a photo on her phone um, or a voice recording of um, a WhatsApp group that went around yesterday that basically incited it all. And it's a voice note from a guy saying, basically, if you come across any immigrants last night, just murder them, just kill them. And she's bawling, crying, saying, like, I came to this country to be safe. I come from a war country and like loads of problems. And she was like, and I'm just so scared now. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's it. And it's a lovely little coffee shop. I was there in some couple of years ago on a summer's morning and like that now they're yeah. lo- they're, they're, they hope they open early the lovely staff always smiling yeah. and chatting and they were interested I was a visitor yeah. to Dublin and they were so interested in I was on my holidays this was the middle of the pandemic that's a gorgeous yeah. place and they must have been terrified right in the thick of it yeah, they're really upset this morning. But when I was um, getting a coffee, there was about five or six people behind me and we were all like comforting them. They were like so upset and so scared. And we were like trying to reassure them that like that was about maybe two, three thousand people last night in Dublin. But it's, Ireland's a population of over five million. Like that's not the mindset of the majority. And like I just felt so sad that the the sense this morning in Dublin is it's just such a heavy, sad feeling. Like everyone is just so ashamed of what went on last night, so embarrassed. It's not, as I said, it's not the mindset of the majority. And I just feel like I've lived in Dublin for eight years and I have a lot of friends um, from all over the world who live here. And like that is Dublin. Dublin is multicultural. And that's like, we all love it that we're, that that's the way it is. And so it makes me so sad that there's so many people waking up this morning so scared to live here. And I'm so embarrassed that that's the way it is. I'm so embarrassed that that carry on happened last night. Um, it's mortifying. Okay. You stay safe there, Alison, but by the sounds of your description, and thank you, a very colourful description, a very uh, accurate description, you were dead safe last night. You were dead safe because you weren't what they were after. Uh, They were out, whoever these people were, seeking out foreigners to attack them and to intimidate them. Uh, Mags, you were at, I think you were going to a concert in, in the Three Arena, um, so describe, yeah. describe to me what happened. 
Um, we were going to see Anne-Marie in the Tree Arena. Now, we had booked a bus up that was a concert bus and back. Unfortunately, my son had a presentation in MTU, so we couldn't make the bus up. So what we said, we'd get the train up. So on the way up, my son had seen the notifications of what was happening. So he said, man, will we get a taxi at the train station? So I said, not at all. I said, we hop on the loose. It'll bring us all the way to yeah. the tree arena. We'll avoid it all. So when we got on the Lewis, it said, because of what was happening, it would only be going as far as Smithfield. Yeah. And I'm not the, the healthiest to walk. But anyway, we got off and we started walking. And I wouldn't notice, we followed the tram line. Yes. So I said, well, if we follow that, I know I'm going to the yeah. tree arena, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we got maybe two streets away from O'Connell Street, and next thing we were met with hundreds of young fellas with boxes of Nike shoes in their hands and laughing and joking. And one person had a huge cardboard box that was filled to the brim. There must have been at least 20 boxes of shoes in it. We heard another woman across the road with six kids shouting, get up there quick, there's loads of shoes to be got. The windows are smashed, get in, get in your shoes. And when we got up to O'Connell Street then, there was a shop on the left and they were just smashing in the windows. And I'll be honest, I was, I've never been, I'm 65 years of age. And why we're up there is because I've retired recently, my son, treated me to this trip away sure. and we got to O'Connell Street and to the right we saw the bus up in flames and they were all dressed, all the, the and they were all either young teenagers or early 20s and mainly males dressed in black with the masks over their face so we carried on walking I said come on come on Liam let's keep going by so I haven't held his hand since he was about seven, but by God, we clutched hands last night, PJ. I know, I know. Do you know? You were, up by, you were up by Wynn's Hotel. We were just past Wynn's then, and next thing we heard, get off the road, get off the road, and we looked behind us, and there was thousands running down the road with batons and things in their hands. So luckily, we got to a side street and just clung up against the wall, and he said, ma'am, what if they turn around here? I said, look, we have to just hope and pray they carry on straight. So we headed for the keys then because we said, look, that might be safer. And we got to a theatre. I can't think of the name of it now, PJ. Mm-hmm. But Liberty Hall. Yeah. But they had those people outside. But they had cancelled their show last night, whatever was on. Yeah. So we eventually got to the tree arena and look and Marie was brilliant but you know I took the goodness out of it like we then got the bus home which we were lucky because the bus how, had made it up how did you get you got well, did the bus pick you up outside the arena yeah it was just behind Gibson's hotel I know it yeah, yeah. so we got that home so we were home for about three and I was still sat awake at six and I was awake again at half seven this morning. I nodded off. But I actually thought we were going to be brought home in hearses. 
So she didn't mind me, you know. She's a good old soul. But, um, like, oh, we were afraid of then that the bus hadn't actually made it up. So then we started ringing hotels to see could we book in any way. But they were all on lockdown. They they wouldn't open the doors to anybody. Couldn't, could they? They couldn't. Catherine Mahan Buckley sends her love. Actually, she's a great old soul. Fairness to her. You know, <laughs> it's, it's your words. Sorry, it's getting me now. It's your words. It's your words, Max. We thought we'd be coming home in hearses. Yeah, I did. I'll be honest. I was so afraid. <laughs> you know, I just, I mean, you didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. And I, as I say, I wasn't too bad seen them looting and that and I was saying let them off and we got through but it was when we just passed winds and hearing the show get off the street and I suppose we were stupid to look behind as we should have kept going but to look behind and see and there wasn't one it, it, there was thousands of these thugs yeah. running toward, towards us like when you sit down and you think about it this morning with her, and hopefully with a cup of hot sweet milky tea in front of you um, can you figure out in your mind Catherine what was going on there last evening or Margaret what was going on in that, there last evening What can you figure out in your mind what that was about well in my opinion which is I don't know it's as valid as anybody's I mean as, as I say when we came home my husband said to me he said but should they were out retaliating against the stabbing. And I said, they weren't, Anthony. I said, they were out just for pure toggery yeah. and vandalism. Yeah. Like, there was no one, like, normally if people are out protesting against something, you'd hear megaphones saying, out with the immigrants or whatever and blah, blah. There was none of that. There was one guy walking around with the a tricolour over his shoulder. Do you know what? I was embarrassed to be Irish. It made me disgusted to say, this is the country I live in. Mm. You mentioned Anne-Marie. Um, is, is this a tweet, lads? Or she's, she's put up on social. It's a tweet. She's put up on social this morning. X Anne-Marie says, uh, thank you to everyone who got there to the show tonight in Dublin. Please get back safe and let me know you're home if you can. Yeah. She, like, at the end of the concert, she thanked us all for making it in the terrible circumstances that were there. And she said, for those who haven't been able to make it, I will be back in 2024. Okay. All right. Listen, you look after yourself, all right? I will, PJ, and see you soon. See you, girl. Take care. (sighs) Oh, Christ. I'm sorry, Leds. She got me there. She got me. Um... We thought we'd be brought home in hearses. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. Oldies and Irish on Cork's 96 FM is the big Sunday show on your radio. Big, 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 show, 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 radio. Turn it 
up and take it easy with the best music mix for your Sunday morning. Sunday morning. Welcome along to the program. Lovely to be with you on a Sunday morning. Oldies and Irish with Derry O'Callaghan. Sundays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. With Cork Simon. Anne wants to give everyone the home that Cork gave her. She's leaving a gift in her will to Cork Simon. Find out more at CorkSimon.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Now I said to you I know the area very well where that guy the car was torched you saw a piece of video where a guy literally opens the back door of the cop car and he fires in what looks like a firecracker or something and he runs away and the car obviously burns out uh, Killian Harford that's that's your piece of video good morning yeah that was my video honestly crazy crazy things absolutely madness down there like Something out of a movie, PJ. Honestly, there's, there's madness going on, like the hungry and uh, it was just hmm. unbelievable. How did you come to be there? So I was just there since the afternoon. I was just in town. And I was in the area anyway. So I was around since about half two when the original incident occurred. And then I just hanged around the area all day and then just into the night when it just began to erupt. In terms of geography, for people who would know the area, where that guy the car was torched is only a very short walk from where the actual stabbing incident happened. And that part of Dublin, I'm sure you'll agree with me, is a very multicultural area, that Parnell Street area. Oh, absolutely. So it's literally right on the top of Alcona Street. So if you look down the road, the, the fire is literally just down the road there. And then straight up the top of the road is Parnell Square. And there was a huge crowd gathering about 7 o'clock that evening on Parnell Square there. And then just down the road, was where the guard car was torched. So it was. It all happened in like a small space of time in a small area on the centre of the city. So it was all mental. Now you're a cyclist. You had your bike with you. Did you get attacked? Yeah. So I had my bicycle uh, with me. Had it locked up on a street there. And while this was all erupting, people were just throwing everything at the Gardaí. So they were robbing cans. They were shops, throwing them at the Gardaí, throwing eggs, anything to get their hands on. Pretty much. So they went there on my bike and my bike just has a clip on the saddle bringing just unclipped the saddle and the saddle just comes straight out. So I'm going to unclip my saddle, pulled my saddle out of my bike and used it to attack the guardie, used it to break up a shop front, like used it as a weapon pretty much. So they had a big metal stick through mayhem. Did you feel afraid? Absolutely. Like it was like, it was like something unbelievable. Like they were attacking everyone that, no sense. I went to go ask. I, I seen the person that saw me, me saddle, and I finally asked her back, and the lady went hit me over the head with it. So they took the saddle and the shaft of the saddle out of the bike, used it to attack a guard, used it to smash a window. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like it's astonishing stuff. Like, were any? I know you, you're, you're a DJ and, and a part-time journalist. Did you know anybody? Did you recognise anybody in that mob? No, no. They're all wearing masks. Masked balaclavas, their candy goose jackets, masked up to their faces, so they're unrecognisable. They know exactly what they're doing. They went in there, caused trouble and mayhem in the city. We got a video sent to us last night um, of someone actually riling them up to get in and gather and attack anybody that looked foreign. We have it here listening to it. Yeah, it's honestly crazy, crazy stuff. Like, I could see from the get-go there were some genuine anti-immigrant protesters that were trying to keep a calm protest going, but then there were people that just went in with a foul mind wanting to cause a lot, a lot of trouble. Mm. Who started the looting? 
I don't know how it started living. It was after the guard car got set on fire. I said I had to get the hell out of there, so I actually left before I did loot and began. Yeah, there was the, the guard car, and then there was a bus, two buses, and a Lewis. Yeah, it was absolutely unreal. Nobody appears to have been seriously injured. That's a matter of, of luck, I would suggest. Yeah, I am very surprised now about you seriously injured. Like, honestly, I felt so bad for the emergency service and the guardie out there dealing with it all, especially the public order you and the guardie who at one point I see were knocked off their feet, their shield was taken, and they it was only for another public order you and the guardie stepped in and dragged them out of danger's way. And then the lone guard that was attacked out down on O'Connell Bridge, yeah. it was just astonishing that none of the guardie were injured. I commend them for the bravery that night, every single one of them. What, what kind of numbers were there? I know Drew Harris said in a press conference that he'd called in every division that could get there. Was there, was there hundreds of Gardaí, dozens of Gardaí? Did, did it look like there was enough? There was definitely a lot of Gardaí, but it definitely didn't seem like there was enough. They were definitely overpowered by the hundreds. Like There was hundreds of mass people that came out, and you could see the uniformed Gardaí were out there in force. They did, they did send as much as they could, but the Gardaí are just under-resourced in this country. They need more Gardaí. They need these proper resources to deal with this kind of stuff. Sure. Would people be fearful... Killian, would you be fearful that this could kick off again tonight and, and over the weekend? I'd hope not. I'd hope this is just like a once-off standalone incident because this is unprecedented. We've never seen anything like this before. We don't usually have riots like this before. No. Like you might see it up to, the, up to north or anywhere else, but Ireland, I'd like to think we're a peaceful, neutral kind of country. So I'd hope this is just a standalone incident, but you never know. It's just so crazy. Like you said earlier, it was like something out of a movie. It was like something you'd see. Do you remember the London riots a few years ago and the Manchester yeah. riots and, and the Los Angeles riots? It was like something out of that. Absolutely. Like, you, can't, you can't even describe it. And it kicked off in minutes. Yeah. all hmm. happened so quickly. Like I was there from the very beginning. It just started off with ripping the guard cars up and then it just escalated to attacking the guard and then it just went down from the trough from there. And you got out of it, quick smart. Did you get to saddle your bike back? No, me, me saddle your bike is still missing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got out of there just before all the buses got cancelled, so I hopped on the 41 back to storage. And, all right. Yeah, it was just after that to cancel all the buses, and right. it was the East Centre, but yeah, crazy. All right, stay safe out there. I know I, for one, if I was in that part of the world, I wouldn't be going near the city for the weekend. I'd be staying well out of it. Unless you have to, Killian, I'd say you do the same. Take care, fella. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Cheers, Killian. Your thoughts, it's open to the floor. I'd like to know what you feel about what we saw, witnessed last night. That's after 10. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Corks 96 FM. The lines are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cox 96FM. We thought we'd be going home in hearses. Those words are still ringing in my mind, in my around my head. Since Megs spoke them to me less than 20 minutes ago, we'll podcast that interview. After the show, she was in Dublin for the Anne-Marie gig last night in the Three Arena. She was there with her son, who's in his 20s. 
the Lewis wasn't going past Smithfield. They decided they would walk. It's a fair old trek. They decided they would walk to the gig and they got caught up in the middle of it. And uh, we will podcast that interview later. She thought they'd be coming home in hearses. That, that, those words will stay with me for the rest of the day and right into the weekend. I, I'm looking to know what you thought watching it from a distance, like I was, like we all were last night, watching it from a distance and thinking, what the hell is going on? What the hell is going on in our capital city? What the hell is going on in the city that I anyway, and I speak only for myself, a city that I love dearly, a city where I have many friends, a city that I was a far more frequent visitor to in, in, my, in my newsroom days, when I would be up and down every couple of weeks to the Doyle and other such events. It's a city I love. I love Dublin. And I looked at it last night and I thought, my God, my God, what is happening here? Siobhan, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. I would like to say. Um, I just think it was a absolutely disgusting behaviour the way they carried on. It made no point in what they done. They're saying, oh, we're here to get Ireland back and stuff. But what did they do? They destroyed Irish companies. People lost jobs attacked Irish people like the guards are Irish mm-hmm. there was three kids that got injured yesterday and a lady and they took all that off and they put on about themselves it's absolutely disgusting and as an Irish person I'm disgusted to call myself Irish because now they're making us look like we're thugs and we're not that's not what we do if we want to be heard and to get our country to be safe. There's other ways of doing this peacefully without doing what they've done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's mostly like, I saw pictures, no PJ, of, and it's mostly like, I think, like teenage boys, 17, they have their face covered and everything. That, that's what, what everyone is saying like? that we were talking to this morning. Boys, they're not men, they're boys in their late teens and maybe in their early 20s. Yeah, you know, and that's what I saw on pictures this morning as well. And it's disgusting behaviour, like, because there is a beautiful people in Dublin. And I know the whole of Dublin do not agree with that behaviour. And I have friends that are coloured as well. And they're Irish, they're born Irish. And they're crying this morning because of it. And they're scared because, like, if you're not white, you're going to get a beating. What kind of carry-on is that? If you listen to us, that's like being racist as well. Like, and we're not racist. What Alison was saying to me last hour, she had a business client that she was talking to, who who happens to be a Brazilian lady, and that lady ended up locked into the toilets of McDonald's on O'Connell Street at seven o'clock last evening, terrified for her safety. Yeah, that's, that's not my country. That's not my country, Siobhan. Yeah, no, it's not definitely not. Because they teach you to forget then, like. It was, a, as you said, it was a Brazilian man that kind of rescued these kids from getting any more That's damage. Right. That's right. So, like, what do you do? You actually done this for yourselves to just go in and bust up places and rob stuff. It wasn't for these kids at all. There should have been a vigil there last night instead, praying for these children. And instead of that, there was a big rock. Yeah. And that's not acceptable. That that chap, that delivery driver who intervened and hit the stab stabber, we think the stabber anyway, with, with a shatter of his helmet, he said afterwards in an interview to somebody, he said, I think it's because they don't like immigrants. Well, well, I'm an immigrant. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? That's my point. Like, uh, an immigrant saved 
Irish children from getting any more damage, and that's how they behave. That really wasn't for them children, PJ, because that's not how we behave. We don't behave like that as Irish people, and we're definitely not racist. Yes, we have a problem about people coming into our country not being vetted properly and stuff. Well, well, we have, Siobhan, something that comes up here from time to time, and I've even said it myself, and I was talking yesterday to Lisa, who's in a terrible situation. She's a little two-year-old kid, and she's nowhere to live, and she's four weeks out from Christmas, and she's couch surfing, and she was making a point. Look, if I come in from another country, I will be housed, my child will have a place to sleep. What about me? Why can't I get the same? That feeling is out there, and it's widespread. But that's not what this was about, in my view, anyway, do you think? No, definitely not. No, PJ, this, that definitely wasn't. Like, if we want that to make a point, as I said to my friends, if Ireland wants Ireland to be safe and have our homeless off the streets and in homes, well, the whole of Ireland have to get together and let our voices peacefully be heard to the government. Not come along and bust up shops, burn up buses, attack guards, well, that gets us nowhere. No, and terrify, terrify ordinary people going to a show. Siobhan, thank you. Great call. Uh, Tom says, if the government don't look into this, it will explode. This is only the start. They need to look at our borders. I love seeing people coming in from other countries to work and to integrate, but it's gone beyond a joke now. Our government is just pleasing the EU and not thinking of the Irish people who can't find homes to live in. Says Tom. John... Morning. Morning, how are you? What did you think of that last night? Well, when I was listening to Joe Duffy yesterday, the story broke. And when I heard one of the eyewitnesses identify the nationality of the person, I skirted around it, right? I said, oh, Jesus. I said something. I mean, I said to people, and people said to me, PJ, the next Ashling Murphy, please God, there won't be one, right? But if there is one with an incident like that, all bets are off. And Christ, look what unfolded in with the children in Dublin. Absolutely no, horrific. What's important to be said, John, is, and I heard the same conversation of which you speak, it was one of the families from the Stardust uh, inquiry, the Stardust inquest, which is going on across the street. And they surrounded the guy. They did. And protected him yeah. from, being, from being murdered in the street. But it turns out, in the hours afterwards, he is an Irish citizen who's lived here for over 20 years. That's right, you're quite right. But you see, the, the thing is, once the, it, it went out there at all, that it was a person of a certain extraction from another country, people said straight away, oh, here we go again. And the Ashley Murphy thing came into people's heads, whatever. Look, I put this fair... I, what went on last night in Dublin was pure tuggery. Burning garden cars, burning buses, burning Lewis, breaking windows, attacking people at random, absolute scumbag uh, uh, carry-on. That's all it was, right? But as a man who's it, not as as a man who's never been afraid to pick up a placard for something you believe in, John, do you condemn yeah. what happened last night? Well, of course I do. That was totally like. But what what I, what I can see is if the government, if Farrakhan and Martin and Ryan and the justice minister, which means that, and she hasn't even got the confidence of the guardian, right? If they don't get their act together on this, you've said it, that lady you were on the programme there, coming up to Christmas, right, and have nowhere to go with her child, right? I hear that on a daily basis, PJ, right? What about our own? And people ha- have this mindset now that the likes of Martin and Veracca have abandoned the Irish people and they're bending over backwards to look after everybody else. And that's wrong on all fronts. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And, and that you, feeling you, is out there and it's widespread. And it it is, and whether you like it or not, it's there. And the danger is that that can build. And what we see last night, I mean, we could have many more nights of that like, And I, I certainly don't want to see that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, John, thank you. Uh, hi, PJ, I'm an immigrant. Uh, in the last 20 years, I'm running a business here in Cork. I'm employing 14 people and paying taxes. I sometimes work seven days a week. I'm now really scared. I'm scared people would attack me, my kids, or my business. I'm just terrified this morning. Those are horrific words to read on my screen. Um, wow. Michael. PJ, good morning. I think you have uh, covered most aspects of, of that situation quite well. And, and, and that last email from that gentleman, whoever he was, who has come in here and set up a business, I think we should elaborate on that and say the vast majority of those people who have come into our country uh, continue to make a significant contribution. Some have gone into politics, some have opened up their own businesses. And this, this is a fact. And, and they have been welcomed and they have been supported. And it's unfortunate that, that, that a fringe element <clears throat> who would be something like what would have been called in the old days a rent-a-crowd seem to have uh, taken up this, uh, what would you say, this, these incidents and, and utilized them for various uh, objectives which are not in line with the, line, with the thinking of the normal people of this country. Mm-hmm. And they have begun on a, let's say, on a less violent basis, uh, protests outside the, the, the library, as you well covered, and, and various. But now they are expanding and expanding. And look, we know we are a democracy, and I had that brief discussion with, with Michal Martin last Sunday there. Uh, we are a democracy, and we have, and people have the right to protest. But there are limits to which people have the right to protest. And, you know, we need to ensure that the law... It becomes very active in this regard. And people who interfere with the daily lives of anybody going about their normal business, creating mayhem and havoc, there must be sufficient uh, legal procedures to ensure that they will not be back on the streets within days. Hey, Michael, you know what will happen. Right? You know what will happen if they're lifted. And my <laughs> wife was saying this to well, me last well, night. Well, that's and... why we come back to the government. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you know, we know they're busy, they're doing lots of things, while, you know, but, but they have, their first responsibility is the protection of the people of this country. Mm-hmm. And the children, are, and that comes back to that young lady you had on your show the other day. That lady has a right to be protected with her two-year-old daughter, indeed, indeed and she does. shouldn't be forced to, so, to and, and that then gives people with these ultra-right-wing views and opinions more ammunition to voice their opinions. Now, you know, and it allows them to generate some bitterness then that, that is maybe held in by people but not coming to the front. And then they utilise it. They, they, they brainwash the youth of our country. But, PJ, we have to have proper laws in place to protect people, to protect the workers in the library from the type of behaviour that they were subjected to, to, to protect the normal people going about their business, to protect the people sitting in a coffee shop, regardless of their ethnic origin. They should be free. To, they're, they're in this country and they're allowed in this country and they should be free to walk around without fear from this type of toggery. Mm-hmm. And Peter, we need more efficient laws. But well, now, here's the thing that you make that point, Michael. Um, my, my wife and I were watching the news last night and uh, watching Helen McEntee giving interviews about this, people will be rounded up and charged and all of this. And she made a very strong point. She said, look, she said, they'll be rounded up, they'll be arrested, they'll be brought into court, they'll get free legal aid on the taxpayer's dollar, they'll be out on bail by the end of the day laughing at us. Well then, but she's the Minister for Justice, so she should put in place 
the appropriate laws that will not allow them to do that. Bottom line, who who has the authority? The government. There you go. There you go. Thank you, Michael, as always. 0818969696. Very busy here. Sean and Pat and Mary and Kate are all standing by. There's probably a slot there if you want to get on for yourself at 0818969696. Get in now, and if you're a first-time caller, I'll put you to the top of the queue. I think, Aaron, you're a first-time caller. Morning to us. Morning to you. How are things? Hiya. What do you want to say, sir? Well, my perspective of this whole thing happening... Um, as a young a young man, I'm 22. Like they're they're showing a huge huge way the way us young people are going to turn out. That's you're looking at 18, 19, 20 year olds there. They're going out with bats and they're going out with weapons and all this kind of crack. Like uh, the way I look at it is, there was lives harmed and then all these people decide to go out and burn down buses and cars and. You've seen the clip of the guards. There was about 30 lads actually baiting the guards. But, yeah. like, they're coming off the point, the fact that there's people struggling for their lives and they're breaking into shops and they're breaking into McDonald's. And, like, what's that going to fix for these people that are holding on for their life? Yes, yes. Realistically, it's not going to do anything. So they're setting a standard now for this country and they're going to say, right, let's show the people what we're really like. But that's not like us. Like, we, we don't want war. There's people coming into the country to get away from it, but yet they're seeing it, it with their own two eyes yeah. when they're trying to get away from it. You're a young person, I, 22 years of age. The people that you watched in your videos last night, Aaron, do they represent you in any way? Absolutely not. And I have, I have family relatives in Dublin, and the clips that they've showed me last night, it, it's a disgrace. Like The fact that there are people so close to my age, and that's the way they're reacting. Like, as I said... If you want to prove a point, go to government about it. Don't go to the guards. The guards are doing their job the same way as the firemen are doing their job. They're trying to solve the problem, but yet these lads decide to come out and cause absolute war, thinking that that's going to help. Go to the government building. If they're going to burn out cars, do the right cars. Don't be burning out the guards' cars because they're doing we their job. We wouldn't encourage burning anybody's cars out, Aaron, but I know the point you're making. Exactly. Obviously, we'll, we don't want any of it, but what, like, why should... Why should they be attacking people that are doing their job? Yeah. Because men came in and harmed a couple of people. Like, yeah. It's like I'm thinking this morning, if, if anyone's sitting at home with their two new pairs of Nikes and their, and their uh, tracksuits that they robbed, like, what's that done for the little kid fighting for her life in Temple Street? What's that done for her? Like, there's a clip there, a lot of lads broke into it. It's like Fraser's in Mountain Point. It's a big, expensive shop. <laughs> and they're literally grabbing the clothes and throwing them out the door. But like, what? That they're ruining businesses, Irish businesses, because a man attacked five people. How is that going to resolve the problem to people coming into the country when they're destroying their own local shops? I, I just don't understand how how somebody had the idea to go into Dublin and cause absolute havoc over. But that's the thing; they're attacking their own people. So how would they? How are they going to resolve what they want to get? Yeah. Yeah. Aaron, great call. Uh, first time call, do call me again. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Coach 96 FM. I played you a clip of this uh, earlier on. Um, this is, I, I don't know who this is, and even if I did know, I wouldn't use the name to give it the oxygen of publicity. But this is one of the voice notes that went around, or videos that went around, in the bigging up of last evening's events. We'll just make a load of little small groups. Have one, say, at O'Connell Street, have one up at Grafton Street, have one at Smithfield. They can't control us all. They can't control us all. And let's have little groups splintering off, doing what we gotta do. Seven o'clock, be in town. Everyone, bally up, towel up. Just kill them. Just fucking kill them. Let's get this on the news. Let's show the comedian that we're not a pushover. That no more foreigners are allowed into this poxy country. Enough is enough. This is it. This is the straw that broke the camel's back. Now, someone clearly knows there's more to that voice note. There is. I'd, I'd just heard enough at that stage, and it had been so much work to take the foul language out of it, because every second word had an F in it. PJ, play the full voice note where he says that when you target our women and kids, that's the lowest of the low, or something along those lines, not just clips out of it. Shame on you cutting out the bits that mention the reason for all this rioting. I'm happy to speak with you if you want to come on. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Sean, you were a doctor. You're just back from some time in Australia. Good morning. Hi, um, PJ. Yeah, so um, I'm a doctor uh, back from uh, Australia. Um, I suppose, look, I've seen, I was been to America too, but uh, I suppose I've seen a lot of Irish leaving this country. Um, some great people, nurses, uh, doctors, workers, construction, and um, unfortunately, like, we're on about immigration, people coming to this country, but Irish people, like, we've left so many people. In the 1800s, we went to America. In the 80s, we went to Australia. We're going there now. A lot of my colleagues are gone there, friends. And, like, the welcome we get in other countries is unbelievable. And yeah. then when I see, like, we have workers coming to this country working in, say, dairy farms, beef factories, um, like, the work, the work they're doing, the dirty work they're doing in Ireland that the Irish people not do. And I think it's an embarrassment in that we're giving out about um, people coming to this country, even though all us Irish have left for hundreds and millions of years, have left this country. Yeah. The only pushback against that one, Sean, and I respect every word you say, is the Irish went abroad and they worked. And if they didn't work, they didn't eat. And if they broke the law, they got turfed out. They did, but we were respected more in other countries. I think we don't we don't respect people coming to this country. Like, if yeah. you go to Australia, I agree. Yeah, you have to work straight away. But it's very hard. It's very hard to get in there. I know because my daughter is going off for a little while. She got off in January, and the paperwork, man, is ridiculous. Mm, I, well, I wouldn't agree with that. No, like, it's a, if you go on a holiday visa, it's just you just need some bit of a degree or. A, or you need maybe a friendship. So I wouldn't yeah. say it's, it's a major thing to get in, but it's the respect we get when we go to other countries is unreal. Like, you yeah. go to America, you go to Australia, you're respected. While I think if someone comes in this country, they're nearly grudged that straight away, which is all wrong. Ah, now, develop that point a bit. We go to where we go, and we bring our talents and our skills. Others come here with their talents and their skills. They don't get the same welcome. 
No, they do not. Yeah. And if you go into any, um, well, I'll give an example because I'm uh, from a, d- a dairy background. If you go into any meat factory in Ireland, it's all, um, how do I say, foreigners doing all the dirty work for Irish people. Irish people won't do the jobs. Mm-hmm. On, on, on dairy farms around Ireland, um, who's milking Irish cows? It's all, multi, it's all um, foreigners milking the cows, and that's the truth about it. The Irish people, we're not actually, we're a bit, well, maybe a bit above ourselves that we won't do the dirty work anymore. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's a major issue and last night it was kind of sad to see all oh, such hard working people um, even there this morning when I was getting up like people collecting the bins you won't see Irish people doing that anymore hardly yeah. Yeah. yeah so I think it really needs to be addressed alright Sean thank you great point and a first time caller Sean is a young doctor back from Australia uh, thank you uh, thank you Sean um Listen, people listen to Mags earlier on. Helen says, uh, I'm, I'm crying listening to her, an innocent victim of those thugs. I'll be talking to Liam, her son, in a few minutes. Uh, Liam, who was who was with her. Pat! Pat? Hello, PJ. How are you? Hi, Pat. What would you like to say, sir? PJ, look, as I say, look, the, my first thoughts are thoughts and prayers are with them kids and their families, you Absolutely. know? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. You know, like I tell you, you know, I wouldn't be shocked easy, but when I heard that news yesterday from Dublin about kids being being attacked, and Jesus, you know what I mean? It, 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 like, it, 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 it's like it's it's so so sad that like this day and age, like, and this is what we all feared. This is what we all feared in Ireland. Which look, I have nothing against people coming into the country, walking, and all the rest of the things. Like, but there's a lot of people coming here that are undocumented, you know, and. They're bringing a slip of paper with their, you know, name and address, whatever. You know, there's no back checks and all the rest of it. Like, yeah. if I have to go for a job in the morning, I, I'm glad of it. Understand? I do. I do. Indeed. And like that, I mean, like this, it's it's kind of, um, it's an open source. As I say, like, we're, we're there. We, you know, we, we need to keep control of our country. Understand? I do. And as I say, it's it's like... You're there, it's, what was I going to say? Like, I'm, I'm still in shock, I love these kids just, <laughs> so, so excuse me, a small bit. It's okay. Uh, like, and as I say, like, this, 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 this country is a powder keg at the moment, right? And it's not nice to see the way it's going. You're not the first person to say that in the last 12 hours, I may tell you. You know, it's, it's like, I, I actually, my kids this morning, right? I actually brought my kids to school this morning, and I say, 90% of parents in Ireland this morning brought their kids to school. Understand? I do. Like, I fear for my kids at the moment with, 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 with what's happening and all the rest of it, right? So, like, and as I said, the riot thing last night, right, like, you don't target girls or fire brigades, like, that's, that's wrong. You don't burn out cows and all this. Like, I mean, if you have a great you take it up with the government because the book stops with them. Mm-hmm. They're the people through the EU, okay, and I blame the EU for this, right? They're, t- they're, they're fining the government for not leaving people into the country and all the rest of it. I mean, this is mm. this, this is wrong. I mean, how, they, how they old should, are your kids, Pat? My kids are. I have a little one, thirteen. I have a young lad just turned fifteen, and I have a young lad twenty. Okay, you know, when you were letting the younger ones off at school this morning, what was going through your yeah. mind? You know, like I'm saying, every morning we say, I'd send them out to school or whatever, say goodbye to them and all the rest of us, and 
this morning, like I said, geez, like, if this can happen in Dublin, it can happen in Cork as well. You know what I mean? You have these, like, I have nothing against foreigners, all right? And I, oh, you obviously, it's great. I have a lot of foreign friends that live in this country, right? And they're great people. Mm-hmm. Understand? They walk away, they pay their taxes, you know, and well done to that young Brazilian lad yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he should get an award for that as far as I'm concerned. Indeed, he should. Okay. And, like, they're great, but, but like, I, I can see, we say, under the under the surface, there's people coming into the country. They should be, like, ev- everybody that crosses the border into Ireland should be vetted and properly, what would you say, well, properly vetted anyway and, and yeah. things like that. And, uh, you know... Well, well there, there is a there are people out there, and I've spoken to them in this program before, and I won't name any names. There are people who believe in no borders and no vetting. There are those, and they're here in Cork. They're here in Cork. Yeah, yeah. But, but PJ, I tell you, no, there should be everybody coming into this country, right? Everybody coming into this country should be vetted, and not not handing a slip of paper and saying, "Look, I, I'm from such and such a place, and all the rest of it." I mean. They should be like on a probation there for about two years to, to exactly to know who who they are and all the rest of it. Okay. okay. Because there's actually people coming from war torn countries now and look, some are genuine, some aren't. But That's some right. of these have serious mental issues. Understand? That's right. And they're dumping them into this they're dumping them into this country. Like we like the like I remember the Janjaweed back in Rwanda. You know the the, the genocide and all that. That's people right. call it Janjaweed, the people that don't know all the damage. I remember it, yeah. Right? There's actually, like, like going back about two years ago, I know a fellow that was up and that, and he, he was dead right. He said, there's a lot of these people coming into this country. I mean, these people have cut heads off of people, and you know what yeah, I mean? Well, and, we don't know if any of them are here, Liam, you, but... I, you, you, know, you know what I'm saying. I do, I do, I do, I do, I do, I do. And indeed, you make a point that's been made a number of times, overnight in particular, that, look, we welcome anybody coming here seeking help and seeking assistance and seeking a new life. But sometimes you can't tell the difference between the guy who's here to get help and get a new life and the guy who'll go out and, and hurt somebody. And you can't. That's the thing. Liam, <clears throat> um, I was talking to your, your mom earlier on, Mags. Um, you had a scary night. Morning. Morning. How are you this morning? A bit shook, I'll be honest. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, it was it was terrifying. Yeah. What was that? Your your mom told us about going past Wynn's hotel there, and and the guys coming behind you. Yeah, that was like, as people say, like it was like, it was like a war zone. It really was like a war zone last night. Like I actually, I don't know. As you said, like we, we I say we haven't had hands since I was like seven or eight. But my God, we didn't let go last night. Yeah, it was terrifying. Mm-hmm. How close to you did the protesters come? So when we were on the side of Houston Station, you could say, where, you know, the A6 shop is on the corner. I do, yeah. Like, from that junction to the other junction, it was just protesters. And do you know what? I wouldn't even call them protesters because from the time we took to get through that, not one thing I heard mentioned about those kids from any of those people. Yeah. It was all they were all they were actually shouting about was probably the looting and the rioting. I didn't hear the kids mentioned once. Yeah. So like I wouldn't even call them as well as they're thugs, that's what they are. Mm-hmm. 
Your mum your was, was very emotional uh, with me before 10 o'clock and she said, and they are words that will stay with me, Liam, for the rest of the day and probably for the whole weekend. She said she thought you'd be going home in hearses. And I, I, I have to, I can repeat that as well. I, 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 I thought the same. I genuinely didn't think we were going to make it, make it to the to tree arena last night. I genuinely didn't. Yeah. It's a long old walk. Oh, yeah, like I say, obviously we... We were on the, we got off at Smithfield, I say about twenty past seven, roughly, and just ten to nine, nine o'clock, we got to the tree arena. Yeah, it took us that long, and as well as with what was on top of all, everything that we got, through, we have to go through. I know. Oh my goodness! Uh. And like, even I have tickets for the Katie Taylor fight tomorrow, and I'm in two minds: do I want to even go anymore? Yeah, there's a thing. There's a thing, because I think people are quietly fearful. They're not voicing it, but I know Mm -hmm. I saw it on social overnight. People are quietly fearful that this could happen again tonight or tomorrow. Yeah. Definitely. But I have to say, in the tree arena, I couldn't vouch for Anne-Marie, for the staff anymore, because what they did last night was perfect. Like, Kids who were down and say in the standing, because obviously some people didn't make it, they left them go up to the sitting. Like it was when normally if you had standing, you'd have to stay standing. Yeah. They left it open; you could go wherever you wanted last night. Good. Good. And like not like Anne Marie delayed her, her concert by twenty minutes to half an hour to give people time to get there. Yeah. And even after the gig, where normally they'd just go straight off stage, I say it was about five minutes afterwards she stayed on for to say look. Just get home safe. Listen to what the people are saying. Yeah. I know it's mad out there, but I just want you all home. And like, I, I could like, it was brilliant. I have to say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would. You know what? This is just a thought with regard to the tickets for Katie Taylor. I would go because if you don't, Fuggery wins. That's true. Don't leave the win. That's the. That would be my view, Liam. It's yours. Mm-hmm. It's your decision to make. You know, talk to your mom about it, talk to everyone else. But yeah. if I had tickets for that event, um, I'd go. Because if I don't go, Thuggery wins. And, and as people say, like, she is kind of one person who unites all the Irish. It Ain't might the truth. give him a bit of cop on as well, you never know. Ain't that the truth. All right, listen, look, good luck to you, Liam. I'm glad you got, okay, you got home okay last night. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focus solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96FM. Cork loves the arts. We do too. That's why we bring you the Arts House. Every Sunday on Cork's 96FM. Hi, it's Elmarie. Join myself and Connor every Sunday morning to find out what's happening in the arts all over Cork. There's so much happening. Fantastic festivals with great events for all ages. And we'll tell you all about them. The Arts House. Sunday mornings, 8 to 10. With Griffin's Potatoes. For fantastic quality and great taste guaranteed. Choose Griffin's Potatoes. Herpings and Roosters. Corks 96FM. So many of your written comments, I'm going to try and get to them in a bunch later, but I'm staying with the phones because they're as busy as I've ever seen them in my life. Tim, good morning. Hi, Peter. How are you? Good. What was good I to say? Good to see you back. Thank you, sir. I want to say there's a lot of talk there about undocumented migrants coming into this country, but what about all the undocumented Irish in the United States? 
Um, fair point. We need a broad, deep, intelligent debate on migration in this country. And the undocumented bit, it seems to be the be-all and end-all for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not, it's a shallow thing. So we need a broad, intelligent debate on migration. And last night's toggery in Dublin really had nothing to do with migration. I think it was toggery for the sake of toggery. Well, that's what it looks to a bit, really, when you think about it. What, like, as, as, as has been said many times, what does going home with a new set of tracksuits yeah. and shoes that you're robbed out of Foot Locker, yeah. as ex- what does that do for the little girl who's fighting for her life in Temple Street? Nothing. Isn't it amazing, though, that uh, when that happens and there's some shoddy excuse like migration, that a lot of the, the top of the list for a lot of the people causing the trouble is breaking windows and looting shops. Not 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 a serious issue like migration. You're right. You're right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I should say, I've been teaching for the last 20 years and more, many of my students have been migrants here in Cork. I started my teaching career with migrants and I'd never met anyone who was uh, whatever, whatever you want, I don't use any of the terms, but who, who you know, didn't deserve a chance and didn't deserve a life. Many of them came from war, rape, um, you name it. Yeah. And so we need a broad and deep, broad, intelligent debate on migration in this country. And uh, yeah, documented bit, yeah, it's part of it. But it's really a small part of it, really, in my experience of, of teaching migrants and working with them over the years. Yeah, it's a huge point that you make, though, about there is all this undocumented, it's almost like a catchphrase, undocumented this, undocumented that. But he is right. There are thousands of Irish in America undocumented. Um, We've featured a number of their cases over the years. Sad cases when they were being rounded up for deportation. People who had businesses and everything. Undocumented. That, that, That is true. Like Eddie's in Mallow. Hey, Eddie. Hello, yes. Yes, sir. What would you like to say? Well, I, I'm totally against what happened above in Dublin there, but um, resources there like um, should be really spent on housing here. I'm on a housing list over 20 years. I have to be vetted to go on a housing list. You know, I'm actually homeless now at the moment. So they can come into this country without a passport, anything. They're housed. They get everything in the one day. We have to fight for it here. You know, I lived in London in the 80s myself for a number of years and things, you know, and never any bother. I'm not racist in any way. I just, uh, what a woman said there earlier on, if you have a problem, go to government. So the government didn't touch with reality at all, actually, what's going on, you know. The stabbing there yesterday and own things and a number of things I'm hearing on the radio then and things and... You know, people get sick in the way of hearing all these things about refugees and that. A lot of them jump on the bandwagon, you know? Yeah. Yourself, at the moment, you say that you're homeless. I don't know if you heard Lisa talking to me yesterday and the point she was making, and it's 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 a worthwhile point, that you say there's little or no help for you, but exactly. someone who comes in here from, and let's just choose Ukraine, a place to stay will be found for them. You, exactly, you, you, yes. No one's doing that for you. And that's creating anger. I'm moving from pillar to post with the last five years. Yeah. I don't like overstaying my welcome in places, even though people are very obliging to me and things, you know? I know. You know, even like, um, like there, I was just told about it yesterday, and I just came into my own head. I said, people have to roar and shout to be heard. 
in this country of actually what it actually is going on, you know? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They go walk around the streets of Cork, there are people homeless for years and things, and there's an, a great number of people homeless, but there's nothing being done for them, but the government then will spend billions on refugees, bringing them in undocumented and everything. What about so you? Don't know who's down the road from yeah. you or walking the street from yeah. you. At least in the town I live, I walk. I know a person. I know him for years. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of Polish, Lithuanians, Russians, grand people, lovely people, but these undocumented people are a danger to society here. I'm not any bit racist. Mm-hmm. I've nothing against them. They should be helped. I'm totally against what happened in Dublin, but I think the government is not one bit in touch with reality. Okay. We had our Taoiseach, was up for a, a criminal investigation. Well, careful now, careful I could keep now. keep going on. Careful now, and, careful. You know, let's, I'm just not, saying, let's not do that, let's not, let's not do that because you land, it's me you land in trouble, Eddie, not yourself, okay? It's me you land in trouble, not yourself, if you start saying things that, that, that you might I know what you mean, but what is, you what's the point trouble. of going to government if they're not in touch with reality? Yeah. That's fair point. No, you're fair point. No, oh, fair point. Fair point. No, just in case anyone does want to say something that might be a bit more colourful, um, remember this. It's me you get in trouble, not yourself and not the person you're talking about. But thank you, Eddie. Good. No, solid point. Solid point. Eddie's homeless for some time. And he sees, and this is what Lisa was saying yesterday, and I admit I've been guilty of saying it myself, that there are seems to be two standards here. There seems to be. Two standards here. Um, um, Eddie made comments about criminal investigations. Look, we can't and won't stand over any of that. We'd advise certainly very much that nobody would go there, please, because it's not. You know, I I think a lot of people don't get this. It's not you or it's not the person you're talking about that you land in the... It's me. Uh, 0818969696. So, Justin, Justin, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. How are you? All right, my friend. What would you like to say? You obviously saw all that last night. Yeah, I think I sent you a message on social media last you did. night. I called calling home for Thanksgiving in the States, and they uh, you know, asked if we were okay, and I said, sure, what's going on? And they were showing me the American news. You get, Dublin made the front pages of all that, yeah. and it was a complete disgrace. And the last time I've seen a police car burned in the United States was during 9-11. And these kids running around doing this, the first people dealing with this should be their parents dragging them down to the guard station and turning them over. Any guard being attacked is one guard too many. That's, that just shows that these kids are not scared of the police. The police, you need a modern police force, as I've said before. You need, whether you arm them with pepper spray, and I know that goes back to an old law from 1925, why they can't have it. You can have other non-lethal measures. But these kids are out of hand. It's like that old movie, The Warriors. You know, they realized that there was more of them than there was of the police. And that's what's going on. And and anybody going at immigrants, I can tell you hundreds of countries that have taken the Irish when they needed, when the Irish needed a place to go. And for them to be acting like this, it's absolutely deplorable. Mm. It's deplorable. And I know people here, my American accent will have something to say about it. But I'm here. I'm a citizen. I have an Irish birth certificate. I was raised in the States. My family's here. All my family's here, except for my mother and father is still in the States. Yeah. So I was a soldier. This kid that's calling out for people to be killed in the streets. Yeah, this this voice note that I played a bit of. Yeah. yeah. 
set, set up a meeting for me and him in the city. I'll have a boxing match with him for charity, and I'll take all the charity money and give it to the give it to the immigrant community and to the homeless community. Let's see if he's got if he's got the guts to do that, because he'll call for violence. But I guarantee you, he was out hiding in a corner somewhere and running away with his face covered. Yeah. He's got he's got no guts. And these kids don't understand what they're doing is destroying their own city and making it worse for them. Justin, there is anger out there, though, and I'm encouraged to keep coming back to that. People are angry in the country at the moment about a number of different things. I understand the immigrant policy and the housing crisis, and there's people that are homeless that shouldn't be, and I agree. And that problem does start with the government, and it also starts with local government. Because try to go to the council and get a house built. It'll take you five years. That's the problem. You got to streamline these processes. You see it with the dri- even even getting a driver's license here is a nightmare. Why do they make it so hard? And that reason that it's so hard is what's causing this homeless crisis. You have people that can build homes and provide more homes. Council blocks it. Council delays it. It takes them five years to sit there and look at a plan. Two years to make a decision. Another year to fill the paperwork out. Yeah. And and these problems don't just stem from the homeless for the homeless uh, the the, ho- the homeless crisis or the the lack of homes. The homes that are there, you have Irish people charging insane amounts of rent because they know there's a crisis. If there's more homes, they'll be forced to have to be more competitive on their pricing. One, two, you won't have people couch surfing with their little girl. The thing with the little the little kids up there is horrible, the stabbing incident. But it was immigrants that stopped him and held him until the guards came. Yeah. And these kids still want to riot. And something else as well, Justin, that cannot be pointed out often enough this morning, and I think it started being pointed out last evening, he, for whatever, we don't know the motive yet. Whatever it was, it wasn't acceptable. But he has lived here for 20 years and is an Irish citizen. He didn't yes. get off a plane last week. No, he didn't. Yeah. And that, that's part of the problem, too. Yeah. You got good and bad everywhere. And I can tell you 100 people who were born here, raised here, and are doing stuff just as bad as that guy did. Yeah. And well, no one's raising hell about them. One last one, Justin. And yeah. coming from the States, you're used to cops being armed. Is it time to start thinking about arming the guards? I absolutely think it is. And I think, even if it's just a taser, you got to give them something because the bad crowd, the evil crowd, the enemy crowd is what are, is, is using WhatsApp and all these groups and Telegram to communicate these things. You need to have guards be able to infiltrate that. Okay. And and, and acting is one of them. Okay, Justin, I leave it there for no reason other than time. Good to get your call. Let's throw that one out into the whole. Is it time to arm the guards? Yes, some guards are armed. Some guards are armed. But is it time to arm the guards in general? If a couple of guns had been pulled on those thugs last night, might it have ended differently? Better, I mean, not worse. 0818969696, after the news. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. The minds are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cox 96 FM. We've asked you to 
put another spoke into the conversation this morning. There's Justin um, before the news saying it's about time the guards were armed with something. At least a taser. At very least a taser. There are armed guards out there. Detectives, the armed response unit, etc, etc, etc. But is it time that every guard carried at least a taser or pepper spray to quell what was going on last night. And think about it before you answer that question. Think of the guy, the guard, who was isolated on O'Connell Bridge and surrounded by a mob and, and battered around the head. I saw him being battered around the head. And I thought he deserves a medal for what he did. He just stood there. He just stood there and, and protected himself as best he could. What option did he have? <laughs> the rioters would be getting their dole today. They'll get free legal aid if they're caught. That is the thing. They will get free legal aid if they're caught and they will walk out of the courtroom and they will laugh at us. And that is that is a big problem. Violence isn't the answer. That's all they went out to do last night was cause chaos. A simple solution for the rioters, says this message, they should all have their dole cut and be sent out to do some work for the community rather than damaging it. Pat says... Don't be arming the guards. There's an armed response unit. We just meet, need more of them. I think it would create bigger problems than arming all of the guards. <laughs> Pat says, from what I've heard, another Pat, I assume, I've heard the majority of the looters and troublemakers are underage. They're all in bed today, having a fine rest. And the older guys around them will pro- and organizing that riot will probably pick up their social welfare. The law needs to change. Instead of bickering in the doll, the TDs need to make sure the systems are in place to protect citizens. Hi there, I think an important factor isn't being discussed. A man knifed innocent people yesterday. Perhaps the government needs to tighten the rules for those coming into Ireland. I'm an immigrant, lived all over the world. I get why people leave their home country. But many take advantage of Ireland's welcoming policy. And we're beginning to see the cracks in it says Laura. And Laura, again, it is worth pointing out that the individual who carried out that awful attack outside the school, and we don't know what the motivation was, but nothing makes it right. He's been here 20 years or more, and he is a fully-fledged Irish citizen. So he didn't just get off a, a plane last week. Dara was listening to Mags, and indeed to Liam, and Mags, I think, Mags, for me, was a stop-the-lights moment this morning. If, if you remember Stop the Lights, if you're old enough to remember Stop the Lights, if you are, if you're not, it was a Stop the Lights moment for me this morning, um, was Mags when she said, we and Liam, her son, endorsed it later, we thought we'd be going home in hearses. Dara? PJ, good morning. Yeah, first off, I just want to send my love to Mags. Um, like you, it was a Stop the Lights moment. I was in contact with Mags last night, actually, uh, through social media. And, you know, I was satisfied that she was safe. She was on a bus coming home. But for any person like Mags, any person to have that fear within them that they may be coming home in horses, I am sorry, in this country, in this democracy, that is not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I know you're talking about arming the Gardaí. Let me put things in perspective, PJ. I have been lucky enough over the years to have travelled quite extensively around the world. I've travelled to places like Japan, to Estonia, to America. And we as Irish people have been welcomed 
what took place yesterday, if you want to put it in perspective, what happened in in Dublin, that, that terrible, terrible stabbing, that was an Irish resident. He's here for the last 20 years. He's a citizen, not just a resident. He's a citizen, yes. But we as Irish, we have been immigrants. We have travelled the world over the years. Let's not make something like this to be an act of hatred. And that is what's scaring me. I'm seeing people on social media, PJ, people on my own friends list, who have been supportive of what took place last night. This needs to stop. Mm -hmm. Peace has to win over. And my goodness me, for somebody like Mags and her son, went up to Anne-Marie in the three arena. They were supposed to have a great night. And then to think that they could have been coming home in hearses, that is not a democracy that I'm proud of. No. No, and the area where it happened, Dariff, you know it at all. I know you, I know, you know Dublin. That's a, a very Asian quarter up there. I have to tell you, they've brought a colour and a joy and a joie de vivre to Ireland, to, or to, to that part of Dublin. And some of the most incredible food you've ever eaten up there. It's a wonderful part of Dublin. And to be destroyed by that last night is just sickening. Look, there's no justification for it, PJ. And I do know that area of Dublin. It's a beautiful, beautiful part of the country. And look, people that come into our country, by and large, they're here to get involved in society. They get involved in our communities. They bring colour. They bring culture. And and that's what Ireland, Irish people have been bringing right around the world for generations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the old question that's asked, what on earth, what on earth does a pair of runners in a tracksuit do that you robbed out of Essex after some other thug broke the window for you, that you robbed out of that shop? What does that do for the little girl in Temple Street? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Or, or for the people who were trapped in, in Arnott's, the, the, the workers who were trapped inside there last night. Um, but you're right, for, for that young five-year-old in Temple Street or for the carer who's also fighting for their life in the matter. Uh, but for all the children and all the mothers and all the fathers out there, it's doing nothing for them. Yeah. And on a night like tonight, when we should all be celebrating, you know, the, the beginning, the former beginning of Christmas, we'll say, with the toy show. This is what the conversation should be about today. Unfortunately, it's about something a lot more sinister. Indeed. And it's sad. It's very sad. It's very sad. Dara, thank you. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. I even saw a suggestion last night that the toy show should be postponed as a mark of respect to the kids injured in that stabbing. That would be a victory for Thuggery. We have never want them to win. Frank, how are you, sir? Morning, PJ. How are things? How do you feel about what we saw last night, mate? Oh, I suppose I shouldn't say I told you so. But we well, go talk- on. Tell me why you told me so. Well, we, we we were talking the day after the the Leinster House mob. Yeah. And I was saying it was only a matter of time. And I'd be very lucky that somebody wasn't killed last night. No, obviously, I'm not talking about the incident earlier. I mean, Jordan, that thing last night. It's an unfortunate... If that Brazilian delivery driver was in the wrong place last night, he was dead. Yeah. And that voice note you played, I totally understand why you played it. 
personally, I just wouldn't give him any oxygen. But yeah. you could nearly guarantee PJ. That I, pl- I played it, Frank, for in I case people, why. to give a sense of the kind of organisation of that was behind that well, thuggery. There, there is, but you could be damn sure that particular gobshite was probably sitting behind his keyboard while all this was going on. He wasn't out there. Yeah. You know, I mean, PJ, it, come, it, it is coming back to um, Facebook, Twitter, Twitter especially. Um, I mean, surely they'll have to do something with regulating and watching them. I mean, the guards can't read every tweet, can't look at every Facebook page. Yeah, they do, they do as much as they can. But I mean, that last night had absolutely nothing to do with what happened earlier in the day. I mean, within, I think it started, as you said, when Joe Duffy was on. And within 20 minutes, it was all over Facebook that, as they call him, a fake UG had stabbed some innocent young girls. I mean, okay, a fake UG, we didn't even know what what a refugee was 20 years ago and, when he and, arrived. And bear in mind the man is, a, is, a, he's is Irish, an Irish and he's twenty. He's 20, he's 20 years here. Um, I think there's probably something a lot deeper there, obviously. There is. We don't know what it was, Frank. And, 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 and you know something. what? We will, we will get that explanation we, when we're entitled to have it, which is not yeah. now. But what I, what I found galling then this morning, you had Helen McEntee and Drew Harris on Morning Ireland both of them saying that there was less than 200 involved in the, I wouldn't even call her a protest, it was scumbags, but less than 200, I think there was quite a lot more, I'd be quite from looking, like at the, to me. looking at the pictures. I mean, as you said about that isolated guard, my God, if he, even if he had a taser or pepper spray or something, yeah. what has he, a little nightstick or something? That's right, yeah. If he's lucky. And if he took it out, he was dead. If he took it out, he was dead. He, and they wouldn't care. And as you mentioned, a lot of them were probably underage. There's 32 of them appearing in Dublin courts today, PJ. 32 of them will be back in the street by tea time, I'd imagine. That's the point. That, that's the key and, point, Frank, and that's a point. And, they, and freely glade on my dollars and yours. Oh, yeah. And Helen McAtee said this morning, if convicted, they are looking at 10 to 12 years. They are in me arse. Yeah. They're, look, they're looking at a very good solicitor saying... Should God love him, he had a bad upbringing. And I mean, that footlocker place, I guarantee you, if you looked in there today, there wasn't one pair of work boots taken. <laughs> you know, Someone else said last night, too, that the Easons was left alone because they don't do too much reading. That's right, there's one online this morning that the, the Easton sign is, was covering the Essex sign, the, or the JD Sports sign, that's why they didn't break in there, you know. We can, but, we can laugh, but we shouldn't be. We, it's we, we shouldn't be laughing, but, on, you know, on the day... It's not just the damage that was done. Look at the millions Dublin City Centre is going to lose today for Black Friday. Would you, w- would you go in there? Do you know what, Frank? I'm going up next weekend. Um, we have a family trip booked to, to Belfast and we're going, up, we're going up on the train and we'll be going through Dublin uh, from one train to another. And That's right, the, you can, the, yeah. the quicker and through it, the better. And I, mean, and I say that as someone who loves Dublin. No, I, I know. You said to, to Liam, and I mean, that, that was, you're right. That was a, a jaw-dropping moment well ago. But with Liam, and he's saying that he was worried tomorrow night, and you were saying, like, don't let the togs win. Second, I don't know, PJ, I mean, what would, sure, you be saying, what would you be saying on Monday if 
if he, if he didn't no. come back. Frank, I know, I know, I know, you know I know. And, uh, just, just, just on a lighter note, after, wa- after watching all that fighting last night, he wants to go up and watch two grown women beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> <laughs> go on, Katie, go on, Katie. <laughs> Frank, good man, thank you. Thanks, Peter. Thank you. There's a whole, uh, I, oh God, I hope Casey Taylor does the business last night. I'm a big fan. I met her once. I met her once. She's a, she's a dote. I really do hope that uh, that she wins tomorrow night. But by the by, the by, Kate, we're forgetting where all this started, and people are in hospital after unexplained savage attack outside a flipping school, and we need to think about those people. Oh, oh yeah. Well, what I want to know is, at the very beginning, it was actually ordinary people who subdued that man. There were no guards around. They arrived after. But I mean, they weren't around, and that's a very, very busy area. It is. And no guards. When I go abroad, and I go to any city, there are police, and they they are armed to the hilt, and you can see them everywhere. And I never feel nervous. Yes. And right. we need to do something, even just give them tasers. But they need to be visible, and I think we'd have a huge amount of employment with guards, and they'd be paying their taxes. And do you know what I mean? Everybody would, would gain. We need to be safe on the streets and also the taxman will get all the money then from the people who are earning it. Yeah. So we need a huge guard force. Huge. We it's, just don't have enough law. It's true what you say though, Kate, in terms of seeing guards around the place. Like, yeah. last there Friday. There was none. No, there wasn't any. There wasn't and any. They, because it was actually a lady who was going to the Stardust thing and an American visitor who, went to, who surrounded that man. That's right. So uh, the question is, where were the guards in a very busy area of Dublin and um, none to be seen. Yeah. It's, and, it's um, so close to the main street yeah. of the capital city and, and there was no guard. Just out on the beat. On the beat. That's all we need. And with the taser, he could have been tasered in two minutes. True. And would you, would you believe every... And Justin made the point before 11, Kate, every guard should at least have a taser. Oh, every guard should have taser, but we don't. We need to have loads of guards. We don't. We need to sort of uh, recruit loads of them. Like there's one coming to Cork. What's he going to do? Is he going into the office or something? Yeah, there's one. One guard. One out of the next class, and and how many will retire? Oh yeah, you see that's the problem. They're retiring, and there's we need hundreds recruited to take over. Okay, but well, I listen. I just want to say I'm thinking about the people in hospital. You know, oh. absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, Listen, I'm wishing you a happy and a safe and a healthy Christmas to everyone. Well, I've, I've no doubt we'll talk before the holidays, but yes, okay, thank you very much. Tonight is kind of, and would would have been the official start of, it's still the official start of Christmas. Let them not take that from us. Tonight is the official start of Christmas with the toy show. I'll miss the toy show tonight because I'll be, I'll be at the Cork Business Awards, but, but, but um, tonight would be the official start of Christmas. Let them not take it from us, eh? We need a new set of laws. Protesting is fine, but not rioting, says says Kevin. Violence is not the answer, but all that these thugs want to do is cause chaos. From what I've read and heard, the majority of the looters and troublemakers were underage. They're all in bed today, having a fine rest. Mary said that it should actually have been a candlelit vigil for those children and their carer last night. Those involved have no respect for others or for themselves. The man involved in the incident would have been dead except for the lady from the Stardust Inquiry and her friends. She's been looking for justice for her sister for years but still clearly believes in doing the right thing. 
She said on the news last night, we are not savages. We don't do this. I wonder if she still believes it this morning. Great point, Mary. Thank you. Johnny, what happened last night was shocking. No one can say there were protesters to get illegal immigrants out of Ireland. But the government are to blame for selling out the Irish people to suit Europe. The biggest problem is the corrupt politicians who've committed treason by taking away our neutrality and homing non-European citizens and not looking after their own people. How many Irish families are homeless this Christmas? How little are the Gardaí and Defence Forces paid? How long do businesses in Middleton, Glenmire and every other town have to wait to get funding after the floods? You have a lot to say in that message. Johnny, thank you. We reap what we sow. It's time to just call it out. This was organised by Tow Rags. If it was 1933, would we be saying, give me your reasons for voting for Hitler? Not too sure what you mean, but thank you. People were saying last night, I saw more than one person saying, on social again, we should postpone the toy show as a mark of respect to the children attacked outside the school yesterday. When I saw that, I thought, no. God Almighty, do you want Thuggery to win the entire game by cancelling the toy show? Do you really want that? I mean, all over the country, there are kids and grown-ups who've been preparing for this for weeks. They'll be sitting on the couch with the fire lit, maybe even someone will have the Christmas tree up. They'll be there in their matching pyjamas and they'll have their bag of treats and they'll be, on, they'll be on a sugar rush before it even starts. And that's just the adults. You couldn't postpone that. You couldn't possibly postpone that magic moment. Then again, we've a new man. How's he going to do? Crossy, I don't believe this. It's pre-recorded. <laughs> It's a big night, and I think they needed to make sure this big night was going to be perfectly fine and nothing would go wrong. When did they record? And I, I, I am almost sure Wednesday night. I'm almost sure it was Wednesday night. Um, I know a few of my friends where I, I saw Instagram and I was like, oh, that's a bit weird. They're working, they're working a bit different hours than they usually work. And it would make it would make sense. It would make sense for his first year. I think it's been quite a shaky start, hasn't it? Mm. It's I don't think I think I don't think it's it's gone as what what they thought it would be. I think Patrick Simmons, very talented guy, but whatever way they've worked it, I I don't know if it's if it's gelling just yet. Uh, it's a strange one. It's a strange. It's the first day for us now. We've every day in our radio station here in Dublin. I would presume it's the exact same as yourself for seventeen years. For every single Friday of the Toy Show, we have the presenter on. We Pat Kenny on, and we had Tubbs on. Yeah. And this year was the first year that it was declined. Um, I know my friends in Today FM and News Talk as well. The exact same declined. Um, RTE for some reason just have decided this year that he's not going to be talking to radio stations. He talked to a few. I think he did like there was one one afternoon I think out in RTE where they did a you know have a look at the set and here's one question with with Paddy and I was like do you know what we've done it for seventeen years let's keep a tradition if we don't get it full let's not do it at all. Mm. So that was a bit that was a bit of a shame in my eyes. I thought yeah. that I thought maybe you know to speak to the boys and girls himself because look they listen to a lot of like, they listen to you guys in Cork they listen to us in Dublin. Every single morning going to school, I just thought it would be a nice little touch. 
if yeah. you know yeah, Tubbs, Tubbs used to do it every week every year to be oh, fair to oh, him God. every year yeah, yeah. And, and, and yeah sure it was a mad crazy dash to get the interview recorded but he always did it but the pre-recording of the show I think I think Crossy and remember the great story that behind the toy show is Kay Bourne once said in a production meeting we are not doing a toy segment forget it not happening and then Pan <laughs> Collins the late great Pan Collins said Gay just give it 20 minutes. And he did. Wow. And now we know what it is. And it's never been recorded in the history of the Late Late Show, Crossy. I hope it doesn't lose. It doesn't lose what, it's, what it is. That's does, the point. Does that I'm make thinking, sense? Like, yes, it could. It because, must- like, who's to know? Like, when the microphone didn't work or the fizzy drink popped <laughs> off. Remember that night? And the, and the F-bomb. And the Did F-bomb. he say the F-word? Didn't he say it? No one will ever we know. We didn't care. And <laughs> the spontaneity has gone out of a pre-recorded show, I think. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, the team tonight, so it's all. It's going to be, and Paddy's going to be joined by Santa. The kids won't care. The kids won't care. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I think they're going back to the basics. I think the last couple of years with Tubbs, it was more about him than it was the toys. True. I think they're they're going back, and that was not that's not in a bad way. Like that was in a good way because we all enjoyed it because he was very good. But I think they're going back to the toys. Uh, I even saw the press release earlier. They're going to have a ton of toys, and they made sure they said it's about the Lego, the dolls' houses, Bluey, Biggie's, B Slab. Not a not a sniff of poor Mister Frosty, who was a big one back in the nineties. Mm. I thought you know they'd throw in some for us, you know, <laughs> that we can remember, remember our old toys. But they seem to be going. They seem to be going with that. I hope it hasn't lost its magic. I really do because it, it, there doesn't seem to be as much excitement. And I, I know everything that the events that happened in Dublin last night. I'm even talking about before that. Like forget about that. The, the last week, like I, I've nieces and nephews and, you know, neighbours who have kids. And, you know, you before it was like, the toy show's on, the toy show's on. Dressing up in their pennies or their duns, pyjamas. There doesn't seem to be as much as that this year. It's still it's still that. And it's still an amazing event. Yeah. And Paddy's a brilliant guy. Yeah, I but think it's I because you, you did say maybe the show became more about tubs than about... But to, look, to give Ryan credit where he's due, and God knows he'll be a colleague of us all soon enough, but to give... Ryan, credit where it's due. If if he never did anything well again, he was magnificent on the Toy Show. Ah, brilliant. He was so good. And do you know what it was about him? He was himself. I think on, on the late late, he had to be a certain type of person. He is the biggest messer. He was in with us during the week. And there's a glint, there's always a glint in his eye. I, I, he drinks in the same pub I drink in. And when you'd see him, and people always get surprised when they go up and say hello to him because they're like, oh, Jesus, you're so friendly. And I was like, this is who he is. He's yeah. such a, such a nice person. So I think that came across, especially in the toy show, every single year yeah. was that. Have you so, had a chance to properly meet Paddy casually even, Crossy, at this stage? No, I haven't. A couple of my friends know him and they says he is a gent. I've heard he's an absolute lovely guy. And yeah, look, he's a big kid at heart as well. He's a messer. Yeah. So I can only imagine that there's going to be a lot of messing tonight. There's going to be a lot of, hopefully, a lot of toys going wrong. Um, a lot of things going wrong. That's what makes it better. We don't want to, we don't want to go no. cool, too cool for school. It has to be funny. Things have to break and things have to kind of go, oh dear God, this is going to be wild. Like when, but yeah. It's, when, it's, when the radio controlled car that costs a couple of hundred crashes into the base of the camera and makes sugar <laughs> out of it. That, that, that has to be left in. But could we, we also have had massive guests over the years, like 
Do you ever remember, was it, was it Ed Sheeran just walked out at the last minute and put his arm around a little kid? And yes. These mo- like, do you know if there's anything happening? No, the way I usually see it is, is who's in town at the minute? Anne-Marie played the three arena last night. Could she flown over the day before when it was being filmed? Mm. That could be, that, that could be one. I know Girls Aloud have a massive thing with, uh, you know, in the Dean and all that. They've just announced they're coming back. What a great way to win, you know, to sell a few tickets when they're playing the three arena. We've heard nothing. And usually there's rumours, unless he's just going to do it his own way. And, you know, just kind of go, it's going to be about the kids this year, not about the acts. Yeah. You'd never know. There'll be lots yeah. of singing and dancing, but he said he won't do it because he, he said after his performance with Daniel O'Donnell, he'd never again be allowed to sing or dance. I was just going to say that he's made an arse of himself enough now at this at this rate. I think he's done now for the next four years. <laughs> he's done as well. You're going to Look, watch it's it. a great show. It's a bit of yeah. I can't wait. You know, it's going to be a tradition. I know a lot of people, a lot of little people, getting ready to pull up the Christmas tree tonight, getting ready for Santa and all that. So this is the start of it. I think you're, we can you're officially one of the say happy Christmas. Crossy, do you get the do you get the heroes <laughs> out, and do you have the 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 heroes, and then maybe um, some uh, milkshakes, black and white milkshakes. I, I would say would be consumed in my house tonight as well. Yeah, milkshake. Yeah, yeah. Do you have do you have the little do you have the little motor to put the fizz in the milkshake? You do. Yes, I do. I used to have a jewellery cleaner during the L COVID times as well. So don't worry, I'm I'm well sorted. Now for people, I've had my Christmas tree up two weeks now, so I, my oh house is proper Christmas. Oh God, you're worse than me. I'm the first. The first of by four was up on Sunday. Crossy, listen, enjoy, enjoy tonight. Cheers, uh, cheers mate. Paddy Keelty's first ever toy show tonight. It's pre-recorded. I hope the magic doesn't. It doesn't take the magic out of it. It's running until twelve o'clock. As rather rather than eleven o'clock or whatever time the show ends these days, it runs until twelve o'clock. Let's let's just hope, let's just hope that the toy show will be really great. Um, we are hearing about a potential situation around the Mercy Hospital. An area has been an area of Washington Street has been closed off. I'm just watching my screen. This is a breaking story. Breaking story. If there is something, we're waiting more information. And can I please mention this? I'm delighted to do it. Glenmire Credit Union Toy Appeal is this Sunday, November 26th, 3 to 4. There's a toy appeal outside the Credit Union office. Any toys collected will be distributed in the Glenmire area. You can also drop donations anytime to U Party, which is in the Crestfield Centre, or to Glanmire Credit Union. Many thanks to all who've donated so far. Uh, people badly need help this year. Please, please do donate. Just catch up on one or two more comments before I go to a break, and then this week's episode of Hours to Protect, which we've delayed. On the incidents of last night, my sister lives in Australia, says Declan. They come across Irish people who give out about our non-Irish or British people in Australia but at the same time there are people in Australia who want Irish immigration stopped we're an immigrant nation we need to remember that okay let's go downtown uh, to this breaking story we now hear are we good to go okay we now hear there is a bomb squad gone into the courthouse on Washington Street no more details other than that but that's what we're told just it's breaking here in front of me. A bomb squad has gone into the courthouse on 
Washington Street. Uh, am I ready to go to that or will I do the break first? Okay, okay, line three. Katrina Toomey, you're nearby. Katrina from Penny Dinners is nearby. You've seen what's happening. Morning, Katrina. Morning. Um, yeah, there's um, a bomb scare and I think, you know, the, the, the bomb squad has gone in and stuff, but there's, um, you know, a heavy presence of Gardaí in the area just to make sure and to keep places clear. Okay, okay, okay. The squad gone into the courthouse to do what they do best. If you're in that area, do give us a call if you can tell us any more. Thanks, quick one there with Katrina Toomey. So that's what we understand. There's a scare around Washington Street area. Bomb squad, we understand, and called to uh, the courthouse. You can give us a call if you can uh, flesh us out any more for us at 083. Text us 083 396 or call 0818. 96, 96, 96. Right. A break, and then this week's episode of Hours to Protect, and then we'll wrap up all the business before we finish up. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Courts 96 FM. Mary, this story, you're down by the courthouse. What can you see? I'm literally on Courthouse Street here now, PG. I wanted to go left down Washington Street, but I'm not left to go down. That's all blocked off completely. There's guardies, the fire department, the fire truck. So we have to go right now again and go around in a circle. But you can't go back down again by the mercy. So we find our way somehow. But the guardies are everywhere. And two, the fire... Two, two the units of the fire service, I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, they have a, they're literally putting up a whiteboard. So I'm presuming they're going to put stuff on a whiteboard. I don't know. But everything is blocked off and it just says fire, fire, do not cross, fire line, do not cross. And then there's the, the blue and white tape is down by the mercy because that's the way we came along as we were driving, you know. It sounds like a serious incident, doesn't it? Well, actually, looking at it, it looks very it looks very serious, to be fair, looking at it, you know. Now, at the same time, people are supposed, as in the services are standing there, I suppose they're afraid to go in. I wouldn't, to be honest with you, I was... Hoping I'd never get past just that beat there, just in case anything happened, you know. Yeah. The call, the call we got while ago said that there was a bomb squad. Members of the bomb squad gone into the courthouse. Uh, uh, well, I'd imagine there probably are because there's there's um, vehicles pulled up just in front of the courthouse. So may, maybe they came down in that, you know. Yeah. Scary, isn't it, Mary? It's, it's PJ. We we're not all for words. That is fairly frightening. Now, to be fair. You know, you didn't know what was, because everywhere, literally, as we were coming, it must have been happening. And the guards were literally, you know, just coming in there. Mm-hmm. 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 So, so you're, so, just, the cordon is where now? You, you're caught on Washington I'm Street? I'm caught now, I, I'm going back up now, Washington Street, as if going back and or passing where the old juries was. So I have to go back up that way now. Okay. But sure, you can't go back down the road by the Mercy now either, because that's all corned off with blue and white tape. That's quite a large area they've cordoned off, isn't it? And, like, when you come along, when we came along there, like, we're here now on Washington, on going up Washington Street, and the guards are literally here on our left. Okay. And, like, there's a whole, there's a whole way, you know? Okay, and there's fire, fire engines and guards, and, and, like you said... There is, and they're gone back over the bridge now the other way, as if you'd go back up the back of the social welfare office. Right. And you can't, like, the North Main Street, you could see them as we came along. You know that we went to go down Courthouse Street, you could see the guards by the North Main Street. They had that part blocked off as well, you know, where you can usually drive along there at the back of the courthouse. Yes, I That's do. That's obviously blocked off. 
and the North Main Street part is blocked off. That's a big area you're describing. You're describing very well. That's a very big area, like. Very big area. It's huge. It's huge. Okay. Okay. All right, Mary. <clears throat> Thank you for that. Where You were off to do a bit of shopping or something, were you? I am indeed. <laughs> <laughs> a bit, bit, bit of Black Friday. <laughs> it's definitely black. <laughs> let's, let's hope, PJ, in fairness, jokes aside, let's hope there is no black smoke or anything like that. It would be appalling. God bless us. Wouldn't it just? Wouldn't it just? Were you watching? Mm-hmm. The, were you watching? Would, wouldn't you watching the telly last night? Were you? Absolutely frightening, frightening, PJ. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. That and you j- can't go. You can't send your kids to school now or go to your job as an SNA, and somebody's going to put a knife in you. You yeah. know. Yeah. Where's where's it? Like where is the the innocence or the the spirit of Christmas and any of that, PJ? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the innocence you know? of the innocence. Someone, I think one of the most telling things I heard all night was the innocence of a child snatched yeah. in seconds. Seconds. Can you look, no matter how long they live, PJ, that's something you'll never forget. That is so true. That is so true. Mary, we will leave it there. Thank you for the information. If anybody else is spotting anything down near the courthouse, let us know at 0818-969696. Right, this is way late, but we do need to do it. This week's episode of Hours to Protect. Hours to Protect. Brought to you by Cork's 96FM, the IBI, and funded by Commission Naman with the television licence fee. Check out hourstoprotect.ie for more info. This week on Earth to Protect, we hear about the Gum Litter Task Force Bennett Roadshow and the part that Cork schools are playing in correct litter disposal and the importance of caring for the environment. The Roadshow is the largest of its kind to date, visiting 70 schools nationwide across 25 counties. The aim is to drive behavioural change around attitudes to gum litter. Avril Donlin is project manager and she tells us when it started and how it has been rolled out. So the campaign, the Gum Litter Task Force campaign, has been running since 2006. Um, and it features a advertising campaign that's run over the summer that would be um, on television, on digital advertising and outdoor advertising. And after that, then, there is a education campaign that runs nationwide um, in schools and runs a workshop to um, secondary school students. And since last year, we've started to run the workshop in primary schools as well. How is the initiative being demonstrated in the schools? So what happens is a um, workshop goes out to the school and that's an actor-led workshop. So actors go into the school and they do role plays for uh, in front of the students and it's very, um, it involves the students in the workshop as well. Um, and it's, an act, it's all about teaching them about the responsible disposal of chewing gum. But not just that, it's got a lot of messages about litter in general and the environment. It teaches students about pride of place and how they can help to make the environment around them and the communities in which they live uh, a better place to live. So what kind of progress has been made as a result of the Gum Litter Task Force campaign? Since this campaign um, began in 2006, we've seen a great improvement in gum litter. So when the campaign started, chewing gum accounted for 30%, almost 30% of all litter in Ireland. That figure is now down to 9%, and this is the government's own litter monitoring system. So really we can see a huge improvement um, over the years. 
But we still need to keep getting that message out there to people. It's so simple to just bend your gum when you're finished with it. And, and it makes such a big difference to the environment we live in and how places look. And it also helps um, county councils and tidy towns to clean up as well when it's not such a, an issue. Haverle explains how big an input Cork has had with the roadshow. Yes, so we were in Cork last week um, and we were visiting students in Skirlwara College, Loretto Secondary School, Fermoy School Community College, Bandon Grammar School, Edmund Rice College and Kinsale Community School. So we really did get around um, Cork City and County. Um, And unfortunately, we don't get to every school, but we do have a waiting list for next year. Um, So if people, if there's teachers listening or indeed students, they can get in contact with us on our website, which is binnetteducation.com. But also on that website, there's lesson plans um, and there's videos and a lot of supporting materials for, for teachers but also for green school committees as well. So it's a great resource. If they haven't been able to take part this year, it's a great resource to help them with environmental issues and messaging in their schools. For any schools interested in taking part in the Gum Litter Roadshow in 2024, what do they need to know? So our plan is to, to, to roll out our campaign again next year to do a full advertising campaign and also to do the school's education campaign. We tried uh, primary schools last year as a pilot team, and it worked really well. So we're hoping to increase the number of primary schools that we get to visit next year, while also keeping secondary schools on board. So we have a dedicated gum litter uh, website, which is gumlittertaskforce.ie, and you'll find my contact details on there. Um, Even if there's tidy towns groups or youth groups listening, we can send them out materials um, and resources to help them with environmental and litter issues or messaging. For more information, visit the website gumlittertaskforce.ie or see the show notes of this episode. Hours to Protect, brought to you by Cork's 96FM, the IBI, and funded by Commission Naman with the television license fee. Check out hourstoprotect.ie for more info. Okay, very briefly, we've been in touch with the fire brigade. Is he there, guys? Can I get 20 seconds? Oh, he's not. Okay, I thought he was. Okay, Victor Shine from uh, Cork City Fire Brigade has been talking to us and to give us um, as much in We think now it's been stood down as a hoax. Okay. Uh, what has been happening in this, I think... We now can tell you it's been stood down as a hoax. More on that, obviously, in the course of the hours to come. That is it for today and for this week. Programme edited by Emer O'Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. Enjoy the toy show tonight. And remember, do you know what? There's an awful lot more nice people out there than there are thugs. We'll talk to you Monday, just after nine. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.